This is Going Home Home by Grubby Little Hands, a.k.a. Sammy and Beth. <coughs> Two girls living in Malawi. Living our best life. Living our best lives, but thinking about going back to America soon. Yeah. So, Sammy, what's the topic today? Today, or would you like today? to share a story? Oh, what kind of story? I don't know one about your week. My week? Well, I feel like I had an interesting story that I want that I did tell you. We went on a field trip on Friday with my class to this permaculture farm, and it was... Wait, what's permaculture? I can't really explain it to you because the guy who was explaining it was, like, whispering. So I didn't really get a chance to enjoy the field trip. I had to be... Uh, I just had to take care of 30 kids, 30-plus kids. Um, so that was kind of sad. I didn't really get to pay attention, but they were compl- they were complaining the whole time. We didn't get to sit down. Oh, it's raining. Oh, it's cold. Oh, there's too many spiders. Ah. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's my story about that. It's not that interesting. My life's pretty whatever, you know? <laughs> wow, so cool. <laughs> What happened in your week? Well, let me tell you. All I can think about right now is the highest high of the week was when I let Lois play outside by himself, unsupervised. Mind you, we don't have a closed-in yard. And then he came home all by himself. Who's Lois? Lois is my rabbit. Yeah, Lois is your rabbit that you've had since we pretty much got here. He came home. All by himself, just like a cat. We also have two cats, and we have this funny window that's kind of acts as a cat door that Lois decided is also a bunny door. So he tries yeah, to he get is out. he's so smart. And he actually does get out now. He thinks he's a cat or something besides a rabbit. Anyway, so pleased. Not worried about his safety anymore. Totally. And that's so important. All right, so what's the topic today? Well, today's topic is what are you taking with you? And I think that both of us are thinking in terms of tangible and non-tangible goods that we are taking with us back home from Malawi to America. Yes, and for the tangible things, I was only thinking about things that I acquired here, not like things I ordered from America and got Mm -hmm. sent here. Yeah. Doesn't count. No. Okay. Would you like to start? You know, I'm looking at your notes, and you look way more organized than me, so I think you should start. Okay. Um, Okay. So, when we first came back this year for year two, there was some things that I acquired from friends who had gone, um, and that was kind of the top of my tangible list thing. Wait. Don't you have a blog post about that? I do. I have this very emotional poem that you can read on my blog, I guess. Tell everyone your blog. My blog is called penultimatechild.wordpress.com. You can find it there. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I have others pe- other people's things that I want to bring home. Rachel has... Rachel left this great gray fuzzy blanket that in America, it's like, it's like a $30 blanket. And not only is it sentimental because it's my friends, but it's also a nice blanket that I want to take back. Um, 
because it reminds me of Rachel and and it's a nice fuzzy blanket. I also have rain boots from a friend who I want that I wanted to bring back. We'll see if that actually happens though cuz rain boots and two carry-on luggages is not super promising, but we'll see. Um I also have like travel goods from what the the three I guess we've been to three other countries. It's a travel good souvenir. Souvenirs. Excuse me as I cough. <coughs> I sound like Brooke from One Tree Hill. <laughs> Excuse me as I cough. No, like, before I coughed, my voice was all like, "I'm Brooke." Oh, okay. Um, well, I have things from our travels, which I just think is the coolest, the coolest thing. I have this giant, wonderful tapestry that I got from Zimbabwe. There's um, two Maasai blankets that we got, that I got from Kenya. Um, there's a lot of pottery that I've gotten from Dedza, which is a little city slash town slash village here in Malawi. It's about an hour away from us. So there's lots of pottery that I want to bring back from there. Um, yeah, that's it. Those are the tangible oh, okay. items that I was going to bring back. Do you have a tangible list? Well, I just put them all together, but I will pick the tangible things out. Okay. If you'd like me to. Do you want a pen to cross off as you go? Yes, please. All right. Here's, here's my pen. Thank you. For ASMR uh, folk, maybe you'll enjoy the sound of yeah, the pen. Hopefully you can hear it. First one is my duvet that I got at this store that... Um, how do you explain it? They like get bundles of clothes and textiles from other countries, and then they open the bundle, and then every day from when they open the bundle, the prices go down. Well, yeah, it's basically like Goodwill. It's a store called DAP, which is D-A-P-P. It stands for something, but it's, it's basically sort of secondhand clothes. Good cause. Yeah. Yeah, so I got a duvet there. And it is wonderful. It fits my comforter perfectly. It's colorful. Sammy's so jealous of it. Yeah, I am. It's great. And it was so cheap. It's very comfortable. It was like a dollar. Um, I'm going to take my Dedza bowls. Yeah. I've gotten a lot of things from Dedza, but I wasn't thinking real practically. <laughs> I think I'm probably just going to take my small bowls and maybe my candle holder that Sammy broke this week. Maybe. Hmm. You know, you could have saved the piece. I could have glued it. Yeah. Anyways. <clears throat> we can talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I just want the bowls. Because they're like the perfect size for rabbit food and... People food. No, they're small. Mm. Perfect for rabbit food. Um, Let's see. Oh, I put my twistable crayons that I got from my prayer buddy. They're just really great. They have the best texture. They're kind of, they're super waxy, but not in like a cheap way. I don't know who my prayer buddy was, but shout out to them for totally getting me. <laughs> um, oh, yes. I put my pillowcase shirt because it's the first shirt I've ever sewn. Still the only one, but I got a great pillowcase from DAP with birds on it that look like Peppa Pig style mm. and a roomie Hannah helped me sew a shirt out of it and I love it plus it reminds me 
I can learn new things that yeah. I didn't think I could learn how to do. I guess that's another thing you can take back is a new skill. Oh, sewing. yes. Skill, sewing, and mindset. Growth mindset. Growth mindset, yes. I'm also going to take my lesson plans. I have a lot of them. Yeah. Hoping to put them on teachers, pay teachers, maybe make a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. That will take a lot of work, though, but, you know, it's a goal. Yeah. I believe that is all of my tangible things. Yeah, I guess the tangible item list wasn't nearly... I thought it was going to be longer. Yeah, I thought it was going to be longer, and I also kind of thought it would be more interesting. I was looking around my room like, nope, nope, nope. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or I brought all this from America. I do have a lot of things made out of Chitinji that I'm going to take. I just didn't write the whole list, but I have like a bag and a purse and a shirt and a pants. But it is, I think, the takeaway for me is how you can gather so much stuff in such a short amount of time that all of a sudden you just can't part with. You're like, oh my gosh, I need to bring that back at any cost. we didn't have that much. To begin with here? No, I mean... Our list of things we have to take back is not that long. Yeah, but some of them are kind of irrational. Oh, I like, one. I have to take my mugs. Yeah, I forgot one. I want to take Lois back. Right. But that may not happen. But I'm going to try. And that would be my number one tangible item mm-hmm. to take back, if possible. But you guys can all pray about that. <laughs> going to work on it. Yeah. Keep you posted. Okay. Well, if we're done with the tangible list, I'd like to, before we get into the deeper lessons and whatnot, there are some isms that I think I'm going to take back. One that I think is really funny that I... Make us laugh. Ha ha ha. That, I don't know, I don't see it on your list, but... Oh, great. (laughs) It is the sound slash reaction. Yeesh. I'm probably not going to use that. Yeah, I find myself using it a lot. I think in the beginning I used to force myself to do it, but now I say it naturally or more naturally. But it's kind of funny because it's a very African thing. I picked it up from my students last year. They would, I would say, okay, guys, we have Wordly Wise for homework or something like that. And they just, a couple of kids go, eesh, so much homework, miss. Ah, eesh. It's uh, it's an African noise. I've never heard it before that these uh, little Malawians and expats have taught me. And a lot of expats say it. A lot of adult expats will go, Oh, yeesh, can't believe you have all that to do this week. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeesh, sounds like you had a hard week. Oh, yeesh. Uh, yeah. So it doesn't, it's not always natural sounding when it comes from us. But I think it's a funny thing that I'll probably end up bringing back with me. I just wrote some... Some isms. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, isms is just like phrases, right? Yeah. Okay. Y'all, I'm really into it now. I was like determined not to use y'all, but it's so useful. And in group messages, it sounds way better than anything else. Hey, y'all. So that's from Kayla. Yeah, it is. And then share me. Mm-hmm. I really like that. It's a weird Will one. you share me your pizza? <laughs> Yeah. That's it, right? So that's a Malawian thing for those listening at home. Which is is hopefully everybody. They say, Will you share me that or will you borrow me a pen? Yeah. Instead of saying, Can I can you lend that to me? I like share me though. And trash bin. Now when I try and say trash can, it sounds so vulgar. 
can. <laughs> but I like trash bin or where's the bin? Yeah. Throw in the bin. Yeah. And then the last one I have is put it up. Which is a That's southern from thing. from Kayla. Yeah, very strange. I've never, I never caught on to that one because I just think it's weird. But I think it's funny when other people say it. I, I like to recognize. It for jokes and now I say it naturally. For real? Yeah. Yeah. Can you put it up? Can you put it up? <laughs> put the food up. Put it up. Raise it. Doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It's Raise not it even the shorter air. than saying put it away. No, it's not. It's like two letters it's shorter. It's just weird. Whatever. Uh, another like one it. that I want to take home is being, well, okay. I don't know if I can take this one home legally, but it is a skill driving on the other side of the road. I don't know you can how you take would it say it. Is it driving on the left side or the right side? Because on the car, physically, it's on the right side, but I think you're on, on the, the left, left side, side of the road. How is it on the... Oh, you mean the driver's seat? Yeah. It's driving on the left side. Okay, well, I'll take that back with me. I know how to do that now. I think that's pretty cool. And also... Uh, Hopefully, although I know some of these things will die and we'll get to that, but I want to continue to be chill about things not being readily available. Oh, I want that too. Can I write that? Sure. You can write it down. (laughs) Being chill. Um, But chill in a sense that when we go to restaurants, usually, or if we go to the grocery store, we'll be like, oh, I just want to get some berries or I hope that they have this smoothie and when you get to the checkout, you, like, have your money ready, and you're like, hey, can I get that smoothie? And they'll be like, oh, we don't have it. It is finished. It's finished. We don't have it anymore. And you just kind of, I mean, there's nothing you, know, you can like, do. Okay. <laughs> you, just, you just have to say okay and move on and not get too attached to the idea of having that thing that you wanted. And honestly, yeah. I feel like I've gotten pretty used to that aspect of life here of, like, oh, I guess I don't have it. That's fine. Instead of complaining and be like, this place sucks, they're off smoothie! Ah! I'm calling it being chill about inconveniences. Yeah. Like when the water goes out now, it's like, well, fill a jug. Yeah. At the tap. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. You just kind of have to continue with your day because if you get caught up and decide to make every yeah. little thing hurt, then it will hurt. It used to really bother me in my classroom when there's no water because I have to wash so much stuff. Yeah. And then I'm like, well... Just fill some jugs. And it used to bother me that I can't get supplies here. And now I'm like, I'm out of watercolor. Oh, well, I'll use food coloring. Yes. It's not a big deal. There's always something. You just something. have to think of something else. And I'm running out of paper, so I'm like, oh, well, I'll yeah. use cardboard. Yeah. There's always cardboard. You know yeah. what? The kids like it better than paper anyway. Shout out to teacher, our teacher friends. Cardboard is better than paper. Mm. Well, that's it with my isms. I have another list, so I have one, two, three, four, five lists. You haven't organized it in that way. You just kind of threw everything on the paper. Yeah. Can we call this next category things I'd like to take but I think might die in America, a.k.a. possibly things that are only unique to Malawi? Okay, let me skim my list as you speak. Okay. Um, So first of all... Being, so we live on campus. We basically, we live where we work, and we live in a community, like a small neighborhood at the top of campus. Our work is in the middle of campus. So something that we have the privilege of having is a very tight-knit community that we get to rely on. So we don't have a car, which means that 
on the weekends if we need to go grocery shopping we either hop in a car with somebody else or we ask if we could borrow somebody's car for a few hours so that reliance on neighbors where literally we are actually sharing cups of sugar flour whatever with each other every day I like that a lot and I would like to take that with me to America but I know that that kind of neighborhood doesn't always exist but being able to rely on our community is been it's been a really cool aspect of being here that I think will actually for a little while anyways die in America unfortunately but it is something that I would like to take back it's a good one yeah are we going back and forth if you want <laughs> that's kind of what I was hoping you set the bar high <laughs> um <clears throat> I put well I decided this is one that could die mm-hmm. but I don't think we'll see uh, perseverance and assurance that trials will end. Because mm. when I'm in the midst of a really difficult thing, I just think it's never going to end, so i got to get used to it. It's never going to end. i got to get used to it. But they do end. Mm. Things are way better here now than they used to be, and I just didn't want to hope that things would get easier. Um, because then what if it didn't? But you know what? God only gives us what we can handle true and not not nothing lasts forever good things don't last forever bad things don't last forever so. malawi hasn't it's not gonna last forever us being here you know yeah but i'm sure well i'm not sure i think maybe when i get back and i go through something hard i'm gonna be like this is never ending this is never ending yeah i think but that's if i remember this you know I think that that's not going to die in America. I think that's that nice. that's a lesson that you'll carry with you because it's one that I know that I'll carry with me for sure. Is and knowing you're the same. Yes, we are. Uh, um, knowing that things definitely do come in, come to an end. If there's one overarching theme in One Tree Hill, it's that everybody leaves. Everybody leaves, which is another way of saying nothing lasts forever. <laughs> This one is interesting. As I'm looking at it on my list, I'm like, why did I put that there? But now I'm remembering. Reading my Bible every day. I think that that's something that I really needed here because when you have a label of being a missionary, and we've talked about this before, we kind of take being Christians, I guess, a little bit more seriously and feeling more like we're on this battlefield, this spiritual battlefield where we need to be equipped every day. But... I feel like in America there could be a time where I don't take it as seriously because my job doesn't necessarily have that in the title. You know, it's interesting being at a Christian school because I am so much more comfortable talking about my faith with my students who, you know, they have varying levels of faith. They're 10 years old. They're not very strong in God, but they do love Jesus, the ones that will talk about it are confident about that. And I think that being in an American workplace, it's not going to be that simple. So I don't know if I'm going to always remember that I can read my Bible and things will be okay. Hmm. Well, I just realized that uh, as I was skimming my list, I was thinking things that I might lose in America, but not necessarily things I want to take. Mm-hmm. So, just to say that, I put aversion to Christmas performances. (laughs) That's not something I want to take, but I'm taking it, and I'm hoping it will die. You mean like trauma? 
Like it's a trauma you're taking with you. Yeah, like because you haven't dealt with it. Like if you someone was like, it out yet. "Do you want to help with the Christmas pageant?" I'm gonna be like, "No." Oh, interesting. I don't. Hmm. So you're bringing some problems back. Is what well, I'm here. Who's surprised? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, going to a new place usually me- makes you think that it's a fresh start. But I I can see why that one would be difficult for you. Yes. Um, but I think it'll die probably in a few years. Yeah. Uh, so don't ask me to help with the Christmas show of any kind, please. Not for at least another year. Yes. I mean, I suppose if you did and I said yes, God would redeem the whole thing. But mm-hmm. just give me a year at least. Yeah. I probably won't even watch any shows. <laughs> anyway, your turn. Um, Okay. I think that my list of things that will die in America is now over, and these are things that I seriously do think that I will be able to take back home with me. Um, First and foremost, what I was thinking about was my students. They've been driving me crazy lately. You're going to pack all your students in a bag. Yeah. No! (laughs) I think that this year is going to stay with me forever. These kids have affected me in such a different way in terms of how I want to be just a mentor in that they've taught me so much about what I want to do when I grow up and how how to dream again. I think that was a huge lesson that I learned from them was this just this how to dream again. As I have been writing cover letters and resumes for, you know, my next job, I just kind of recognize that they help me to follow my dreams because that's what they want to do you know so many of my kids want to be football players and they want to be chefs and they want to be actors and singers and they want to do all these fun jobs I'm like where did that go in my life (laughs) and I realized that there's so much cynicism as you grow up that hanging out with people who are younger than you helps you to just remember again how special it is to dream So they've taught me so many things, and among that, one of the biggest lessons they've taught me is how to dream again. And, you know, I got to spend a whole year with them. Of course, little bits are going to pop up throughout my life from this time that we spent together and these things that we we got to learn from each other and how we grew from each other. And they're the ones that are like, why are you leaving? Yeah. And then they're like, I would never be a teacher. Well, some of them do want to be a teacher. Not mine. mine not my students. Mine want to be teachers. We have the same students, but not the ones <laughs> I talk to. But, you know, you know, they just look up to you no matter what bad things you do or think you do. Not that I'm, like, enjoying yelling at them or whatever. But they just have this easy forgiveness, and it's just amazing to get to interact with that kind of thing that kind of group of people every day. Touching. Yes, it is. Let me just also say, I'm going to take back a ton of knowledge because I'm a teacher, and I've been teaching these subjects for two years. So I know the geography of Africa pretty well because I taught it to these kids, and I know know, uh, some pretty good ancient history from Greece and Rome in early Christianity because I've taught it to these kids for two years. So that's a pretty cool thing to be bringing back is uh, some fifth grade education. 
Nice. Yeah. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? I am now. You better believe. <laughs> um, how about you just finish this little list off? Okay. Um, I also think that I have minimal counseling ability or... Mm, maybe I'm not a very good counselor, but I'm good at listening to people now in through different lenses, lenses of trying to see where they're coming from and the history where they're coming from, which I think is super important to understanding why a person behaves the way they do is not just because in this moment they're angry, but because in their past, these certain things have happened to them. So kind of opening up that world of trying to see where, see the greater picture of where a person comes from has been pretty cool because I mean, we interact with so many people every day and so many of the same people every day that you get to know them on deeper levels. And that's a really special thing, I think, to be able to mentor a child and to be somebody who can, you know, give them positive feedback and help them to become good, good older people. Older, older people. Good older people has been pretty cool. I also think that I've been able to grow in my confidence of... BSing things. Uh, I know that this is definitely something we've talked about before. Is fake it, fake it till you make it, and that is just—it's a huge lesson that I think we learn as young twenty-somethings who are just entering the working world. Is that everyone's BSing everything? So growing in that in that area of even just again believing in myself that like yeah I mean there's no choice I have to teach this lesson today even if I'm not as prepared as I want to be I have to do it and Mm -hmm. somehow you always figure out how to do it so that's cool um and then also I feel like I've grown in confidence in public speaking and in worship leading which are two things that have been hard for me my whole life is just being in front of a crowd but when you when you're in front of 16 people every day, that's kind of like being in front of a crowd every day. And you, yeah, true. you kind of have to perform for them. So eventually confidence grows. And that's been a cool thing to see that I never thought would happen. So that is another thing that I do believe I will take back with me. Cool. Well, I've, um, you've yet again set the bar high. So let's just forget everything she said oh, now stop. and come to my level. Uh, I put self-awareness and confidence. Hopefully I don't lose, but um, I learned so much about myself, and that has helped me be more confident in myself. And we've talked about these things before, but I just don't want to forget who I am when I get back with more people. Like, we're pretty isolated here, so it's easier for me to notice myself that's so true and not blend into other people yeah it's Plus, diff- it's crazy to think about how our weekends have changed from college to postgrad to here yeah even postgrad was like so social compared yeah to here and here we'll spend two days inside the house perfectly happy although i am learning to sit outside more mm. and i'm enjoying it <laughs> So so bad you get so you get you're putting yourself back out there. But even when we're around people, <laughs> everyone here is so different. Yeah, it's easier to see what's me and what's them. But if I'm around people that are like me or that I want to be like, 
I could easily just start trying to be them, you know? Mm. So there's that. I'll take it with me. Um, also, I am now a huge fan of AJR and the Jonas Brothers, and I'm totally going to take that with me. Do because you the Jonas Brothers album, yeah, the love for that album is going to stick with me forever. And True. Ever. The song Roller Coaster, yeah. there's no way I'll be able to hear that song and not like tear up. Yeah. I think that's super special, actually. I think that music is something that I realized a long time ago. When you hear a song, it just takes you back to a moment, like a time capsule. Yes. So I think that that's a really cool thing to be taking back that I will surely be taking back as well. AJR always takes me back to my classroom because that's what I listen to when I'm like cleaning. That's what I listened to when I was packing up my room the end of the year. Yeah. And it's just so good. And I didn't know that before. No, that's really cool. Thank you. I'm also taking back a renewed feminism. Mm-hmm. I'm not like hardcore feminist in the internet sense. You can't see Beth, but she's wearing a feminist shirt right now. No, I'm not. But I have one, but it's falling apart. <laughs> anyway, but just like a desire to empower girls and support women in business and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, That's been actually that a now. pretty big part of your year with Sylvia, if you want to talk about Sylvia a little bit. Yeah, Sylvia's... I think I have, right? She's trying to start a art studio here in Malawi, and she has such big dreams, and they're awesome, and I really want to help her. And uh, my friend Maggie... I don't know. Like, it just... Hard, things are harder here for women, and they're yeah. harder everywhere. Yeah. So it's just more apparent here. Yeah. And the way that women get harassed is not cool, and I want to be vocal about that. It's been interesting, too. I think that on my own self-reflection of it, I've only scratched the surface of it and had have had just, like, just a few conversations, but... In terms of the missionaries who are here from, like, America, most of them are women. Yeah, and teachers are mostly women. Yeah, so that's been an interesting thing of these last two years is that there's been very minimal male interaction and we've been, you know, in a big just estrogen pool (laughs) hanging out with mostly women and talking about these things that, you know, us and our women friends are going through with these Malawi men and these African men who just kind of harass white women and also how um, how different it is to interact with a Malawian man and a Malawian woman. Yeah, I'm like way more uh, guarded yeah. with any man. Not just Malawian. But also, oh, what was I going to say? Well, this reminded me of something I read, which I've been wanting to tell you. Mm. In the book that Catherine lent me, Mm -hmm. None Like Him, it talked about women and how because women are the ones that get pregnant, during pregnancy is when they're super vulnerable. So then women have like this link between children and adulthood because they know what it's like to be really vulnerable, like a child, Mm. but they're also an adult. And that's something a man will never understand. Oh, interesting. So that's why like... 
women usually take care of the kids because they understand the vulnerability. Oh, wow. That was mind-blowing, right? It is mind-blowing. I know. It's not like it's not just like a thing that was forced upon us to take care of the kids. It's like we understand kids better. Wow. That's true, though. Because these and kids we're weaker, are weaker well, in yeah. general, body, <laughs> bodily. True, I guess, yeah. But these kids, yeah, they really are vulnerable. And I find myself just like really wanting to protect them most of the time. Yeah. It's pretty cool, right? That is really cool. Okay. Next, I'm going to take with me my new, improved cooking skills. I'm so much better at cooking than I used to be. Yes, you are. Because I've had to not buy, like, frozen pot stickers, you Mm -hmm. know, and uh, instant ramen. I've had to make things, and I've had extra time because of no commute. So I'm just, like, way better at it. And I can whip (laughs) up cookies in no time at all. That's so true. (laughs) And I don't even have all the ingredients. Like, there's no brown sugar here, but I can improvise. And now I'm like... I don't need a recipe. <laughs> I mean, I do, but I like to change recipes now, and I didn't used to do that. Yeah. Uh, and last thing is my stern teacher voice. Ooh. I was just telling Justin that whenever I use my stern teacher voice, I think about layup. Have we talked about layup? Mm. Uh, mission trip in L.A. that I did when I was a sophomore in college. But at that mission trip, we had to be in charge of kids and during training they were like you need to practice your authority voice and my whole team was like oh Beth can't do an authority voice and I was like I know I can't (laughs) but now (laughs) I can't help it (laughs) I am like the sternest the sternest teacher voice it's true it's a very necessary thing as much as you know I don't know if Beth loves the kids but as much as I say that (laughs) as much as I say that I love the kids they can also be real pests. You and just you, have to be like You have to be stern. I never thought I could do that and I feel good about it because I am like I wanna be nice because I want them to like my class. Yeah. But you can be nice and also be like sit down. Yeah. And it yeah. Will, they're not gonna listen if you're like, sit down. Yeah. Sit down. It's an interesting balance that you just have to learn over time. Yeah. Especially when you've told them like Sit down, please. Sit down, please. Sit down, please. The fifth time, you have to be like, sit down or you will leave the the (laughs) class. Yeah. And not come back. Well, because they're constantly testing us because we're not their mothers, you know? We're their authority figures. I'm sure they're testing their mothers, too. Well, we're their authority figures from 7.15 till 1 p.m. And then, you know, honestly, for me, as soon as it's like 12.55, I'm like, whatever, do whatever you want. Oh, that's a relief. I like that part. But... They're con- they are constantly testing us, and we constantly have to fight back and retain this authority figure, which is a challenge. It's such a challenge, and some of my kids will just, like, I don't even know if they're testing me and if I'm just letting them get away with it, but some kids will just lie on the floor, and I just let them. Oh, I always say, get off the floor. No one's allowed on the floor. <laughs> that but happens all the time. It's just... The kids just end up on the floor. Like, all of a sudden, I look up and, like, three people are under the table. I'm like, get off the floor. Yeah. And then they'll be like, look, the floor's so slippery. I'm like, how long have you been going to school? (laughs) I know it's slippery. You know it's slippery. Get up. Stay off the floor. (laughs) Goodness gracious. It's a very strange... But uh, it's good for me. It's a strange thing. Because then when I feel like I can do that... It's like a 
secret weapon kind of thing, you know, where I'm like, I know I'm in charge, and I can show you anytime I want. Hmm. And I think that's going to help me in the future when I have to deal with difficult adults, and I can be like, I know I can speak up for myself yeah, and my boundaries. So I guess it's, again, the confidence that you'll bring back. Yes. I think this job has given us a lot of confidence in ourselves, and that's a good thing to take from a job. The best. Yeah. Um, I don't know which one I should choose. If I should choose the things from Africa or the the three big things, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Africa thing. So what am I taking with me from Africa? This one is a topic that probably deserves an episode of its own, but I'm just gonna kind of skim skim a stone across the surface, and we'll just let it jump and then sink into the water. Oh my god! <laughs> you just make that up? Yeah, I did. <laughs> wow. Um. But it's not what you think. Africa is definitely not what you think it is. It, there are dirt floors. It is broken. There are you know, people begging. There are people who sell things on the side of the road. There's sometimes not even any rules to the road. The power goes out. The water stops running. The roof will leak. You know, There are a plethora of problems. But it's not only that. I think that obviously we are more privileged than most of this population. So we get to go to grocery stores. We get to go to restaurants that are here. We get to uh, we get to go inside and see that Amazon store with crayons for fifty dollars that have been imported from Canada. You know, we get to see the richer side of Africa, the more wealthy side, and we interact with the wealthier kids who we teach on a daily basis. So I think that that was a good thing that was shattered in my mind is that this is not the Africa that you're thinking or the Africa that you see in movies or the Africa that you've never visited but think you know. Yeah. That now I get to bring back with me and share that with other people, which I think is really cool, is this, like, stereotype-breaking thing that I think that this continent needs is people to come back and say, like, it's not all tarantulas and cockroaches and malaria. You know, I've been here for a year and a half. I've never gotten malaria. I know very few people who have gotten malaria. So... It's not the Africa you're thinking, and I think it's really important for us to come back home and spread that message. What I think is cool, though, is even though Africa has, like, wealthy parts and poorer parts, there's still, like, things that level, not level the playing field, but that, like, go across the board. Like, there are a lot of bugs, and even if you have a really nice house, it's going to have bugs in it. Yeah. Because they can't. The houses are just not insulated that well. And people like Seema and beans. Like, it doesn't matter how wealthy you are. You're going to enjoy Seema and beans. And yeah. that's, like, what they eat in prison, too. So it's crazy. It's, like, the basic food everyone likes. Yeah. Everyone gets it. Even if you're, like, I can afford KFC. You're still going to enjoy Seema and beans. True. That kind of thing. Yeah. And everyone experiences power outages. Everyone experiences water shortage. It's kind of nice, unifying. Yeah. I mean, not everyone has to go to the pump, but we all experience this lack. Yeah. That's true. And it is, it has been, I think, a really enriching thing to experience both sides and to live in this for two years and, you know, come out. And it's not like it was traumatizing or anything, but I would come back. And yeah. I think that that's an important what do you thing. Mean it wasn't traumatizing. 
I don't know, like if we lived in the village and we didn't, we, we had dirt floors and we slept on the floor and we didn't have any cell phones or music or books. Oh yeah, people love music and movies here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not too, it wasn't a hard transition. Of course, we do live in a nice house, in a nicer house than most people, but Africa isn't what you're thinking. Except some parts. Yeah. There definitely are those parts, and that's why I think it has become a stereotype, but that's not the whole continent. That's not the whole Malawi. Yeah. Carry on. Well, that's all I have for that. I think that it does deserve I mean, its own. I next point. Its own thing. Oh, wait, what? what about this? I just said that. She has a list. Yeah. You said all that stuff? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay, and then I'll say mine. <clears throat> I put, uh, I'm going to take back a new understanding of America's influence on the world Mm -hmm. especially on kids yeah because they like watch disney channel and listen to american music and it just like even like netflix like we watched a movie last night to all the boys of love before part two like i've heard heard the kids talking about it i know they've seen these netflix movies and as i was watching it i was like oh my gosh like this movie makes america look so nice like everything is beautiful the high school is so clean yeah and every person is like gorgeous and their clothes are so beautiful so the kids are gonna think like that's what america's like and they're all gonna want to go yeah and some kind sometimes it's true maybe in cheaper states (laughs) but uh it's not like that uh it's just crazy that america rules media yeah. So everyone in Africa knows what America's like generally, and they know what Americans look like and eat. Like, they know about burritos, even though they never had one. And it's just, like, so uneven in presentation, you know? I guess it's kind of similar, like, preconceived notions of before we came to Africa, too, though. Yeah. It's just the other side of the coin. But we... Like, we would know more about Africa if we saw a lot of content. Yeah. It's because America... But we America, only knew, like, the small parts that yeah. Americans made. Yeah. It's the more desirable part, for sure. Anyway. Also, uh, I'm taking a realistic view of poverty and an awareness of white savior complex, which I knew about, but now I totally get why it doesn't work. Yeah. you can't. You can't come and just fix everything there's so many organizations here and they're not like all white savior people but they're all trying to fix something and it's not working yeah and obviously we can do our part do little things like teach these kids to be good people i don't know it just it has to come from inside and the best things i've seen here are from the college students that are like starting organizations um like I know someone who's trying to start like a street kid group and like Sylvia who's trying to do the art studio like you have to be a part of the community to really make a change so either living here like a really long time like the Herodos you can make a difference Mm -hmm. but there's really not much yeah it's all about equipping and empowering 
instead of coming in and doing all the work yourself. Yeah, you have to spend a long time seeing what needs to be done. Like, I didn't even know about Sylvia until this year. All last year, I didn't know how I could help anyone. Yeah. But you have to be around and talk to people and get to know people to know how you can help them better. And I could just, like, give money to everyone who asks, but then it's like, that's not really helping. Yeah. So, yeah. I do think that that is, it's a huge topic that I still have to pick through most days about how I feel about having been here and, you know, my own impact of being here. Yes. That is all for me. So I guess that's another thing we'll take with us is continuing to figure out what exactly we did here and how we impacted the community. So that's kind of cool. Is this, uh, it almost is like the trip never ends. And that I think is a good thing for us to benefit from. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. My last thing is three big lessons. Oh, I don't have this. That's fine. I, just, I bet that they all apply to me. They probably do. <laughs> um, and maybe even you who's listening, because that's the whole purpose of this podcast, is to share our thoughts, because maybe you have similar ones. Um, lately, one of the biggest lessons that I've seen is that you cannot change a person. You can only love them. And that is a huge lesson that Jesus is teaching us. That I literally just talked about that in growth group on Thursday. Yeah. She wasn't there. I wasn't there. But that's creepy. I feel like you were there. (laughs) Well, it's a big lesson that I've learned. um, Because in my students, there are students who I'm like, what's going on? Why aren't you you improving in your grades? Why don't you seem to care about it? And just this realization that I can't change a person. That's not something that I'll ever be able to do. I can only love them and I can only equip them so that they can see maybe one day in a week, in a month, in 10 years, that it's worth changing because they saw a good example of somebody who was successful. I don't know that I want to say that I'm successful so you should follow my lead, young child, but being somebody who is a comfort to somebody who's not doing so well is the only thing you can do to change somebody, to get somebody out of a rut. And that is something that I feel like I'm faced with every day with my students, with certain students who seem to be stuck in a rut. And I feel like I've tried everything to get them out of it. But just this realization that there's only so much I can do and the rest is up to them to be willing to change. And that's a huge lesson is that, you know, as much as I want to move somebody and to push somebody because I'm their teacher, it doesn't mean that they're actually going to change. Um, and with that... Point number two, I feel like these are all connected. It's three separate lessons that are one overarching thing, is that along with not being able to change a person, you can only love them. And then once you decide to love them, it's just a waiting game from there. God ha- God does everything in his own perfect timing. And I've seen that in these past this past year and a half, that there's things that I was praying for in the beginning that I didn't see come into fruition until this last month. You know, that's like 16 months of waiting and praying and being patient and, you know, not even knowing if it's going to happen and being lucky enough to see it happen. And the cool thing with that is that once it happens, you kind of grow from that and your faith grows from that. 
and you're just kind of like, wow, okay, I see it. It's a waiting game. The longer you're in the game, though, the more payoff you get. Kind of like slots, which I don't think is super true. <laughs> what? But it's the more like I just the, mo- the longer you stay, the bigger your payoff is. So the longer that you're waiting and you're praying to God, the bigger the payoff will be because he, he knows that you really care about it and God can't help but care, care for us and what we care about. Um, and the last point that I have is that I will adapt and things will be okay. There have been That'd several... Be a good t-shirt. I will adapt. Things will be okay. Yeah. Um, there have been a lot of painful moments. And I think that luckily for me, I'm very self-aware. And I know that the pain is only temporary. And it's honestly, it's the start line to something that's going to end up growing me and I've seen that happen over and over and over again here there's been there's been so much pain and then that pain leads to something good so the pain is usually a starting line to something that is going to have a great payoff if you stick around long enough so those are kind of the three big lessons that I feel like all have a theme of just waiting for God to come through and that you can only control your own self and I think that's a big thing that I will take with me because it's it's the biggest lessons that I've learned being here. Excellent. Ditto for me. Oh, good. Glad uh, you do all the Glad I could speak for two. <laughs> jump on that. <laughs> but yeah, it's been an incredibly valuable 18 months so yes, far. For sure. As we come to a close, I would just like to acknowledge that we did say in our last podcast that we would have a guest this week mm. and we do not. Mm. You don't have to leave a comment about oh, it. Oh, don't leave that <laughs> comment, but you can leave other comments. We'll have a guest another time. Don't worry. Yeah. Maybe She's we just fine. Won't, <laughs> we won't promise when anymore. Yeah, that It'll be a surprise. Yeah, there's a guest coming sometime. Yep. All right. See you in 2 weeks. A one. A two. I don't even know what words we're going to use. This is the end of the show. This is the end. This is the end. You're supposed to keep Time going. to go. Oh, my gosh. That was terrible. But good content. <laughs>